podcast in three days, ladies and gentlemen. We are in fuego. We are back. We're here yet again, excuse me, with another brand new episode of Kick It with the King. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. It's July 12, 2020. Welcome back, like I said, to a brand new episode of Kick It with the King. It's your host, Gabriel Hernandez. We are back. We got a lot to talk about. Obviously, UFC 251 just wrapped, so we'll be talking about that. We'll be recapping. We'll be talking about future matchups. We'll be talking about the performances, the controversy, the bad judging, and all things UFC 251 and all things moving forward with UFC 251. But without further ado, please, ladies and gentlemen, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. G the King Official on Instagram. G the King MMA on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez, as well as most importantly at the top of all this, follow our podcast page, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, review. You can follow our podcast on Instagram and Twitter at KWTK Pod. Both handles are both the same. Welcome in. Three days in a row, man. I never thought I would be doing uh, three three podcasts in a row. I mean, like I said, I'm not ashamed at it, nor am I like. No, no, no. There's been a lot going on lately, so um, it's it's been real. It's been real cool. It's been real fun. I mean, it's been real informative and stuff like that. And I was very excited to wake up and t- and talk about UFC two fifty one. Even though I did break some news on yesterday's show, if you guys remember, yeah. So, oh no, I did two podcasts on Saturday at the thing. Well, the one the other podcast was previously recorded the other day, so I just released it on Saturday. So. Technically, I mean, we, we have released three podcasts. Let me see. Let's pull it up real quick. Um, July 4th celebration, then we came back on on the Saturday after that. Another Saturday. Oh, so we haven't done like, three podcasts in three days. My apologies. But our feed has been full for a very long time. I mean, like I said, we've, we've been very active as of late, so that's all that matters. Um, so, like I said, I, at those that news that I broke yesterday, I mean, I watched, uh, I watched all the way up until uh, Paige Van Zandt versus Amanda Gilas, and then I had to actually go to work for about four and a half hours, and, um, you know, obviously being the time that the fights were on, the fights are on really, normally around, like, 3 p.m., 3.30, 4 p.m. Pacific time, if you're in California time and stuff. And, you know, obviously, like I said, uh, the fights were starting. I was watching a few of them. I watched the prelims and stuff. But I wasn't able, like, to catch. I mean, it's so crazy to see, like, how stacked of a card it was. I mean, Mata, El Usman, Aldo, Jan, Holloway, Volkanovski. You know, like I said yesterday on the show, like, these are all three stacked, highly stacked fights and stuff. And I wasn't able to really tune in to watch them. The most exciting part about it is, like, I know enough about it to where I feel can talk about it because there's a lot of, of lasting effects and there's some things that you know we can talk about now for the future you know who gets the next title shot who fights who next and we can talk about all that other performances and stuff like that so that's what we're going to do um then we're going to watch them later on today i just wasn't able to watch them yesterday and then by the time i was like and i can't sit here and watch all these fights it especially not how late it was it was nearly, nearly like 1 30 or something in the morning i was like uh there's no way I can sit here and watch a fight, especially, I mean, I don't know if it's, like, just going to the, the fact that they go to decision, or I just need, like, some some time to clear my head to really sit down and judge fights and watch them and appreciate, you know, especially at the Max one and the Volkanovski one, which is something we'll be talking about in a second. Um, let's start it off with um, Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal takes this fight on six days' notice true BMF fan, you know, obviously the, all the hurt with Gilbert Burns, Gilbert Burns not being able to, you know, make the walk due to COVID-19 complications and stuff, and, you know, he's out of the fight, he's not even able to go to Yad Island, you know, originally setting off, I usually originally thought that they were just going to pull Usman off the card completely and have the Max Holloway Volkanovski be the main event, and then, you know, the other title fight, but no, we, we, they were able to keep Kamaru Usman on the card. We were able to get a fantastic fight. I mean, obviously, if you look at the performance, you know, Usman did what Usman does. You know, like I said, he's a dominant grappler. He, 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 he's very good with striking to wrestling, you know, pressuring up, pressuring you against the fence and then going for the takedowns, changing the takedowns, you know, you know, not giving you enough space to land those good shots. And George did have a phenomenal first round. He won the first round. 
but you know Usman you know obviously gets stronger as a fight goes as we've seen in the past fights I mean look at his fights against Damian Maya Rafael dos Anjos the Tyron Woodley fight probably the most suffocating one I mean Sergio Moraes fight the one fight where he really slept someone I mean the Colby fight as well and Usman utilizes striking and stuff like that but yeah Usman's Usman's real good man I I I always known this it's not that I dislike Masvidal. I love Masvidal too. I'm just an open-minded guy. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a podcaster. I'm a person that you know likes to see things from all sorts of all eyes, all views, and understanding people's takes and why people think certain things about certain fights and and why people think certain fighters won when they really didn't, or why someone won that shouldn't have won. You know, you get the whole gist. I like to be like in the center. I like to look at both sides of of the coin when it comes to this. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, obviously, like I said, we talked about this on the last podcast, that, you know, it was either going to go two ways, one of two ways. I talked about this. I said this. You got to go listen to episode 272, what episode? It's the one we just did. Yeah, episode 274. Go back and listen to episode 274 of the fact that UFC 251 is wrapped up because there's a lot of things that we could say on that show that we can use on today's show and we can use to, you know, uh, move forward in the future. So what did I say about the Masvidal Usman fight? I mean, obviously, it's not hard to not know what Usman's going to do in a fight, obviously, unless you think about the Colby fight. I mean, I would only imagine that Colby fight with grappling and amazing striking that they had going on in that fight. That's crazy. But, you know, like I said, Usman did real well. Masvidal, obviously, took the fight on short notice. Then landed some nasty shots, you know, nasty knees, and the, or, you know, the nasty, uh, you know, punches and stuff. And you never know which uh, punches are going to be devastating. You know, obviously, it's a loss. And um, now, where does he go from here? I mean, if he loses, no stop. The same thing with Max Holloway. I mean, if you look at the Max Holloway fight, a lot of people, 99% of the world thought Max Holloway won that second fight. It wasn't no controversy. The first fight, I can kind of see it, you know, unanimously going to Volkanovski. But, you know, the second fight was a clear-cut robbery. And, you know, people still are going to love Max Holloway just as much. Even if he would have lost a clear-cut unanimous decision, you know, a lot of people still would have lost him. Going back to Jorge Masvidal, Jorge Masvidal lost a fight on six days' notice. Jorge Masvidal will fight anyone in any given time, obviously for the right price. And, you know, he saved the card, essentially. You know, he, he had the most anticipated card. I mean, these guys didn't like each other and all that, but, um, you know, we've seen the beef before. We've seen the videos. We've seen everything leading up to this fight, before this fight was even, you know, obviously before this fight was, even before COVID even happened, man. We've been wanting to see this fight forever. So when we finally got to see that, obviously, you know, in some people's minds, he may have not lived up to the hype. Um, people saying it's comparable to Conor McGregor fight. You know, the hype is definitely anytime more in Masvidal fights, it, it, it's a it's a, a must see TV, and you know, styles make fights. I mean, if you're gonna get a guy that's gonna take you down and and beat you up on the floor, I mean, it, it's not a fun fight. But then. You know, styles make fights. Styles do sincerely make fights. Now, I'm not since not making any excuses for Masvidal. Obviously, like I said, six days notice, or you know, whether regardless of if he has a, a training camp or not. You know, styles make fights. If you know what someone's gonna do, and and they do it in the fight, you, you, you can't sit here and be upset about it. Like I said, looking looking at the internet, looking at the comments, looking at the tweets, looking at the reactions of people and fans towards the performance of Usman, the performances of Usman, let me correct myself, you know, because this happens a lot in the past, oh, I mean, obviously the Colby fight was, was, was a, was a, you know, like a boring fight on the side of Usman or Colby, both guys, you know, came forward, both guys, you know, attacked, you know, it was a back and forth thing, Colby was in his face, he wasn't getting out of it, so I mean, Usman's slowly but surely, you know, beating the hell out of a lot of good-ass people and still hasn't really gotten the respect that he deserves. I mean, his win over Tyron Woodley, you know, win over Rafael Dos Anjos, Damian Maya, and, you know, now he's being Jorge Masvidal. I mean, he's, he's fought a lot of good guys, man. I, I think he will continue to, to reign for a very long time because, you know, wrestling, unless he gets caught on the feet or something like that, no one's going to beat him in wrestling. I mean, no one has the exchanges. No one 
has the striking. No one, no one is able to you know stop him from closing the distance the way that he does. Man, he just he's phenomenal. I mean, obviously a Nigerian nightmare. He looked he looked amazing. He's a big, strong guy. Obviously, big one seventy pounder. Um, really good chin. You know, great takedowns. Good hands. And you know, obviously, like I said, it's a long time coming for him to being a world champion. He comes off the Ultimate Fighter. He's one of those guys that became a world champion off the Ultimate Fighter. You look at guys like Bisbee. You look at guys like Forrest Griffin, Rashad Evans, Tito Ortiz. No, Tito Ortiz was Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, he was on the Ultimate Fighter, but he didn't. He didn't come off the show and become a, a world champion. He was a world champion. He just wasn't a world champion off the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, Bisbee, Rashad Evans, like I said. I mean, look at all these guys. I mean, I remember when Usman won the Ultimate Fighter, dude. That was awesome. Corey Anderson won the world. I mean, went on won the Ultimate Fighter. Didn't become a world champion or hasn't become a world champion. But you know, a lot of the guys that came off the Ultimate Fighter did. You know, it's more special when they become a world champion, especially when you're in. You know, if you look at a, you know, Bisbee. Bisbee's the top of the line. I mean, what he did to Luke Rockhold on short notice, coming off the Ultimate Fighter after a long, illustrious UFC career, main events, you know, high profile fights, high stake fights. Really, you know, uh, obviously, you know, beefy, not beef fights. Like, he has a lot of really bad blood matchups and stuff like that. He talked a lot of shit back in the day. But, you know, it's Bisping for you. So, you know that that you you should expect that every time you fight him. But, yeah, going back to um, Masvidal, you know, I don't think that this takes anything away from him. Because, like I said, the whole styles make fights kind of thing. The styles make fights. So, you can have another amazing fight. And in the next fight, that that uh, it could uh, you know, like I said, put him right back up there at the top. I mean, it, it's like it, it's like a Nate Diaz fight. It's like a Connor fight. You don't need to win or lose. I mean, you do need to win, obviously, but it's a fight game. Um, you, you know, if you lose, it's not bad. That's the thing, because people don't understand the circumstances around it. They understand everything that's going on. Obviously, most people should, especially if you see that he took the fight on short notice, six days. Um, you know, people will sympathize. They'll sympathize. They um, they'll understand everything completely. They're not gonna be like, "Oh, you suck. You got taken down. You're not championship worthy." Blah 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 blah. No, people don't understand that Usman's a fucking monster. So was Masvidal. He took this fight on short notice. Some people said, "Oh, what if he had that? For, what if he had better cardio?" Going into the rest of the round and stuff, and he was able to stop the takedown and look as good as he did in the first round. You know, what if, what if, what if? We can't live in the game of what ifs, but you know, there are factors and there are little tweaks and little things that people can do in, in a fight and make them different and make it different for the next time around or the next round or next minute or make any necessary adjustments that need to be made in a fight. I mean, you look at the adjustments that Max Holloway made from the first fight to the second fight. I mean, 99% of the world thought he won. It wasn't like, oh, Volkanovski won three rounds and Max won two. It was just like, you know, everybody thought Max Holloway won. So when 99% of the world is, is, is talking like that and saying shit like that, that, you know, your clout's not going nowhere. Your, your attention, your, your superstardom. If anything, it's only going to make people love Max Holloway a lot more because of, uh, you know, the fact that he, he did win that second fight. Obviously, still has the same high hopes and spirits and stuff and still is in good spirits after that. But, you know, it's unfortunate, obviously, the judging going on there. And uh, I don't know if they're going to keep the same judges throughout the rest of the card. Like I said, it is like basically like an international fight week over there in Fight Island, over there in Abu Dhabi. The next card is actually on Wednesday. Um, Dan Ige takes on um, Calvin Cater. I don't even know who the fuck those two guys are, hardly. So, I mean, and we got that coming up, and, and, and some other things coming up too, some other fight cards coming up too. So, so for Masvidal, where does he go next? We're talking about fight matchups. We're talking about who he should be fighting next. We're seeing Nate Diaz too. Obviously, that that's still a very good sellable fight. It's a badass fight. Both guys are. Uh, you know, obviously, are uh, legends of the game. They've been fighting for a long time, and we, it was the same story again, talking about this when it came to the Masvidal-Diaz the first time. But um, uh, it's a it's a good fight, I mean, and it makes it makes them a lot of money. 
there's a lot of people excited. Obviously, um, if you've seen the first fight, it, it was a great fight. Obviously, a little bit one-sided on the side of Masvidal. I mean, Masvidal necessarily like beat the hell out of Nate Diaz early on and almost had that fight ended early on. But, you know, you see how amazing the fight is. It's starting to get still relatively great. Phenomenal fight up until, um, obviously, the cut happened. And then the doctor comes in and they pull him out. And um, then we go from there. And then, you know, obviously, he wins the DMF belt. And, you know, people, I mean, people don't disagree with him winning the BMF belt. I mean, I, was, I think he was relatively on his way to winning the BMF belt. Obviously, he wasn't in any danger or anything like that. But, you know, just to see uh, Nate Diaz obviously get cut. Obviously, he's been notorious for getting cut throughout his entire career. A lot of scar tissue, both on him and his brother. But, um, you know, obviously, the uh, it was a cut. Who the fuck would have thought a cut would have ended this fight? You know, maybe Masvidal beats Nate Diaz by TKO or, you know, he lops out a unanimous decision. But... We weren't able to really get that one back, so maybe if the numbers are right, maybe if the UFC can come to terms on that, that can be uh, another fight we could do for Masvidal. Like I said, his stock has not dropped. I mean, he's on the cover of UFC 4. I mean, a lot of people love him. Still holds the record for the fastest knockdown in UFC history. Amazing performances. And, and, and obviously, he comes up short against Kamara Usman. But... Um, you know, come back from this, and I think it'll be an excellent fight. Now for Kamar Usman. What's next for him? Obviously. Well, you know, still a pretty damn stacked 170-pound division. I mean, there's a few, few guys that come to mind when it comes to the next title shot. Obviously, Gilbert Burns was slated to... Um, fight for the title. I mean, it was supposed to be Burns instead of Masvidal. So Dana White did say at the post fight post fight press conference that um, Gilbert Burns would be next. I mean, obviously you got Leon Edwards, who's who's more than deserving of a title shot. I mean, we've seen him fight Usman before. Um, has Usman ever had a rematch in the UFC? Pretty clear-cut dominant victory the first time around for Leon Edwards. I think. Um, no, no, pretty, no, pretty clear-cut domination for Camaro against Leon Edwards the first time around. Um, you know, we still got obviously Colby Covington rematch, um, and we got. I mean, Colby. I mean, if you look at, if you literally sit there and think about that fight, you know, the Colby fight, regardless of. The way that that fight ended, uh, that's one of those few fights where you can have a few more of those if you want. I mean, down the line or something, down the years. I mean, say Colby wins the second one, he beats Usman. What what the fuck would happen next or something like that? Imagine something. Cra imagine crazy scenarios like that. You got to put yourself in those kind of crazy shoes. I mean, Colby is is a great fighter. I mean, Camaro's not gonna take him down. Obviously, he's, he, obviously, he may, he may he may try to attempt, but Colby can um, turn around and do the same exact thing because they're basically kind of like very similar in style and stuff like that. But why am we talking about Colby? Colby just lost to Usman. I know. Um, you know Gilbert Burns. You know Gilbert Burns. You know he has trained with Camaro, sparred with him. You know been in the training room. He knows what he does. He's he's very familiar with his style and the way that he fights. So. That makes it a little bit different, you know, because when you train in with Kamaru day in and day out, I mean, Gilbert Burns was a lightweight at one point, man. So it's it's kind of weird. Like no one would have thought that this would have been a fight that originally would have happened. You know, back then maybe like a year or so ago, no one no one's looking at Gilbert Burns to fight for a world title. No disrespect to Gilbert Burns. No one. I mean, no one would have. No one just knew. Nobody knew the skills. Um what he possessed and that's what I'm saying in this in this fight game you can't over or under look people because you know people come out of the woodwork man they and they um really solidify themselves as top contenders people you would have thought maybe three or four years ago who wouldn't be you know anything or ranked or anything would you know be slowly creeping their way to superstardom as what um Gilbert Burns does so Gilbert Burns I believe should be next for Kamaru Usman um 
I think uh, that that'd be a phenomenal fight, fun fight, uh, you know, especially if Gilbert can stop the takedown and really, you know, show and present some, uh, you know, uh, present some challenges for the champion, considering the fact that he has trained with him and stuff like that. Um, low key, want to see Wonder Boy in there? Is that weird to say that? Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy Thompson, is he coming off of a loss or a win? I mean, obviously, I know we got Leon Edwards, we got, we got, um, uh, we got Leon Edwards. Basically, the people that are streaking at 170 pounds that are trending, that have, uh, you know, only ones that. Oh, me, sorry, it's early in the morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's about uh, almost nearly 9 a.m. Pacific time. Um. Only two people that come to mind right now that I think could uh, fight for the world title next, or should fight for the 170-pound title. I'm taking a hit of a stizzy real quick on this episode of the podcast. <laughs> Dizzy hit for Hawaiian Masido. But yeah, I mean, do I think Leon Edwards can beat him? No. Do I think Gilbert Burns could beat Usman? I don't think so. I don't think anybody could beat Usman right now. Not in my opinion. I mean, he's not, he's so grappling heavy, dude. Similar to Khabib, I don't think anybody can beat Khabib. I mean, Khabib's awesome. Khabib's grappling is undeniably great. I mean, we got two Russian world champions now, if you think about that. Let's head on over to the corner of Peter Yan. I mean, Peter Yan's dominant performance. I mean, beat the fuck out of Jose Aldo. Just as like I said, Jose Aldo really seemed as if, like, you know, um, what is it? Like, you know, he's not one-dimensional, but, you know, without those leg kicks, man, without that, those quick twitch muscles and, you know, dominant freaking uh, combinations that he, you know, we're used to seeing the old Aldo utilize. I mean, that, that's, that's the old time. That's the um, old generation, the old era where he was able to get off things like that. But you got young studs like Peter Yan coming in and, you know, becoming the world champion. I mean. You know, before this whole Henry Cejudo retirement and all that, I just I, d- I didn't have it in my my mind who was the next undisputed champion. But you know, I'm not. Well, I didn't rule it out that Peter Yan couldn't become a world champion. I, I I had penciled in him versus Aljamain Sterling to fight for the number one contender spot, and the next person in line to fight Henry for the title at the time. But you know, it's not the case because you know, like I said, everything in the sports unpredictable. Henry stops Dominic Cruz. I mean, Henry stops T.J. Dillashaw, stops Marlon Moraes, you know, retains his belt, wins a second belt at Bantamweight, you know, with former flyweight champion beat Demetrius Johnson as well, and he did amazing things, and then he goes and retires, and then you got two of the Bantamweight elites, Peter Yan and um, Aljamain Sterling, left without a fight. Aljamain Sterling comes back, looks amazing against uh, Pedro Munoz. He comes back again against um, Corey Hanhagen, which was talked about being, you know, a top contender fight. He goes in, makes makes it look easy against Sanhagen, and now here we are. He's tied to Peter Yan. I think that Aljamain Sterling should be next for Peter Yan. I think it's an interesting clash of styles. Both guys are very young. Both guys are very um, solid, and, you know, I look at the performances of Aljamain Sterling as of late. I mean, you look at his win over Pedro Munoz. You know, he pieced Pedro Munoz up with his hands. I mean, you know, early on, you know, Aljamain Sterling, all respects to him, didn't necessarily have, like, the best striking. You know, he was more known for his grappling and, and his nasty submissions. You know, he had great phenomenal submissions. I'm pretty sure his hands were up to par, but, you know, they've gotten a lot better over the years. So, you're looking at looking at it, he's a serious problem for, for a guy like Peter Yan. And it'll be interesting to see. Um... Thinking about it, I, when you think about the numbers, I, I don't think 
Let's get into crazy numbers, but since we're in a pandemic, I don't think anybody's giving a fuck about the numbers right now, unless you're streaming, you know, unless you're using ESPN Plus app. I mean, unless, like, that means streaming, I mean, like, if you're streaming the fight, you know, it just depends on a matter of who's all streaming the fight on the ESPN Plus app, so... Do I think it's going to do a crazy amount? Do I think it's main event worthy? I mean, I, it could probably be, I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be like, oh, like trending like a crazy Connor fight. It's going to be one of those another amazing fights. And, you know, I really need to pull myself out of, you know, oh, the whole trending thing. Just because it's not trending like that, trending like a Connor fight or trending to be like a very sellable fight, doesn't mean that they're not going to turn out to be amazing fights because you never know. And like I said yesterday, ever since the UFC has been back since the lockdown and shutdown and on the, on the start of the coronavirus and stuff, uh, these fights have been absolutely amazing. There's been at least one great one to two to three to four, you know, if not all the cards, all the fights. You know, then there's not been nothing but amazing fights throughout the entire time. So I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, I think everybody's looks good. People are they're fighting their asses off. They don't know when the next time they're gonna fight. They've been waiting to fight forever. You know, obviously, they're fighting on the first card on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi, Yaz Island during a global pandemic. It's a lot of high stakes, and there's a lot of stuff going on right now. So I'm not really gonna sit here and say uh, what what kind of uh, you know numbers these are gonna do. I just think that Aljamain versus Peter Yan is an absolute amazing matchup. We are gonna cut to commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at KWTKPod, as well as G the King Official and G the King MMA on Twitter. Moving on to the 145-pound division. We'll get back to Peter Jan and, and, and all the rest of them around the center of the end of the show, or like, you know, kind of like when we get on to the later parts of the show, um, we're just recapping all the fights that went down that everybody's been talking about. So, what do they do next with Volkanovski? You know, it's just such a weird taste in your mouth when you think about the first fight. Obviously, Volkanovski won that one. Clear cut, in my opinion. It was a close fight. Max had, you know, kind of turned it on the last two rounds in the first fight. The second fight, 100% victory, unanimous decision victory, goes to Max Holloway. I mean, unanimous decision as in everybody in the world said that Max Holloway deserved to win that fight. Am I right? Am I not correct? So now it's like, what? He closes a Max Holloway chapter and then moves on to the next contender? I mean, Losing a split decision in a title fight, when does that often happen? It sucks. It's unfortunate. You know, it's like everyone's going to forever think, oh, that second time, dude, you won that fight. And, and you know, it goes from there to how the fans are going to be looking at Alexander Volkanovsky now. They're, they're, they're going to be sitting here. They're, they're going to look at him. He's going to have a post come up. He's going to comment. He's going to say something. He's going to do anything. On the internet, you're on, You're not safe. At least fans will ravage you. There are going to be people saying, oh, you didn't win. You lost. You're a robbery. He's going to go places in public, you know, depending on wherever is open or if he really goes out or anything else like that. You know, just everyone's not going not gonna to look at you like you won. You know, the hardcore fans will, will support you, and then your fans will, you know, be genuine and, and loyal to you, most likely, hopefully so. But, you know, there's going to be a handful of people out there when they see you or whenever they comment on your post or if you post or you do anything, people are just going to disagree with the fact that you didn't win that fight. Obviously, like I said, at the end of the day, you're leaving your hand in, hands in the judges. You're leaving your fate in someone else's hands. And you sometimes, more times than not, unfortunately, won't be on the right side of that. And it's not going to feel like a good thing. It just it seems so weird to put an ending to this. You know, you look at how long Max Holloway was dominant for, man. And then obviously runs into Dustin Poirier at 155 pounds. But then, you know, he obviously drops back down to 145, defends his belt against Frankie, you know, regarded as one of the best featherweights of all time. Um, Volkanovski comes into this, beats him the first time, gets his belt, 
and um, you know, then you know, kind of essentially puts the end to the blessed era and the first fight, and then you know the second fight. But you know, it's like it's going to be so weird not having a third one around. I mean, I I don't know what Max has got to do or anything to get back to superstardom. I know the UFC. Is, is very behind Max. I know Max has a lot of fans. I know that um, you know the world loves him. Who doesn't love Max Holloway? I mean, he's he's widely loved by everybody. So I mean, I don't think it's the end of his title reign or title uh you know title shot hopes. I think he's got to get maybe a couple more wins or get you know a high profile win or something like that. I mean, I don't know who at this point he should fight. I mean, is there anybody to fight right now? That he hasn't fought yet at 145 pounds, maybe the winner of if you really want to look at it, you know maybe the next winner to fight Volkanovski could be, you know the winner of Ige versus Caterman. But then fucking then you sit sit around and think who the fuck are these guys? I mean I know who um, Calvin Cater is. I'm just I was joking around with Dan Ige. I mean I've heard of him, but you know no one's talking about Dan Ige. No one's excited. No one's no one's here thinking about, oh, Dan Ige fighting for a world title. I'm trying to think about, like, the featherweight division. I'm trying to think about who should be next. And I'm trying to you know, kind of come up with some matchups. If there's some matchups for Volkanovski now, if he's really truly closing the Max Holloway um, chapter, then, then we got to think about what's next. Right? Is that not, is that not correct? Um, let me look. I mean, Brian Ortega, Zabit Magomed Sharipov. We got Yair Rodriguez in the mix. You know, Brian, I mean, Brian Ortega and Zabit. I mean, the Korean Zombie as well as Korean Zombies um, fighting against uh, Volkanovski, too. So there's a couple of, you know, little, you know, fresh guys out there looking real good. I mean, you know, what is it? Oh yeah, at one forty-five in the Korean. Actually, they have like the Korean zombie. Not only I would have put Yair Rodriguez in there, I would have put Brian Ortega in there. I mean, fuck that, no, no. I, I mean, if you look at Korean zombie and Brian Ortega, they've been slated to fight for like the longest time. So I think that those two should fight for a shot at Volkanovski's title because it seems like he hasn't. It, it, it hasn't even been that long since he fought Hallway the first time. So. Maybe give Volkanovski a break, gets a chance to heal up that cut nose that he had. And then we can talk about what's going to be next. I mean, what, what's the next fight card? What's the next big pay-per-view? What's coming up? we got to see this. We'll, we'll pull up UFC 252. What's the next? Because, you know, we, we, UFC has not stopped or anything. Oh, here we go. we got Steve Bay versus Cormier 3. Which will be, you know, that's, that's a good fight. It's a good, fun fight. And UFC 252 um, takes place in Las Vegas on August 15th. Oh, yeah, that's a great, great fight. And that, in the main event, we got uh, Steve A versus Cormier, number three. And uh, co-main, we got Junior Dos Santos versus Jarzino Rosenstrike. Um, light, light heavyweight bout between Magomad and Kalayev. Frankie Edgar versus Pedro Munoz at bantamweight, bantamweight debut for Frankie, bantamweight bout between Sean O'Malley and Marlon Chito Vera. I mean, that's another closer fight to get closer to um, title contention or you know the top ten, top five. That's a good fight. I mean, that yes, I don't think they're done adding to that card just yet. Actually, I just think that's a phenomenal test. I mean, no, no, I'll, fuck. I said phenomenal test. You want to know why I said phenomenal test? Because I was thinking in my head, oh, they're going to pass COVID tests first. I'm like, they're phenomenal fights. They're phenomenal fights. And I can't wait for them. So what other performances we got? How about, what's her What's her name? The girl, dude, she had some thick legs. What's the girl's name that she fought? That was one of the prelims that I caught. She fought a Mello, something against a girl named Mello, with the last name Mello. Let me see. Hold on. Let me pull this shit up.
that shit on Snapchat. That's a good picture of who's been in Masvidal. And I'm looking for her. What, what's her name? I want to pull her name up. Dude, she has some thick thighs, dude. Thick ass legs. But she, she's a Brazilian girl. What was her name? I mean, how about... Oh, oh, oh. Speaking of that. Speaking of the Brazilian girls. I cashed out on Amanda Ribas. Thank you, Amanda Ribas. And Ribas, Ribas, whatever the fuck it is. Thank you, thank you, I knew it, exactly. She made easy work. She made Paige Van Zandt look like she didn't even belong in there. Shout out to Amanda Hivas. Great fucking win. Oh, where the fuck is, where, dude, where is it? Here it is. Oh, oh it's right here, it's right here. here. Here she is. Carol Rosa. Carol Rosa. Carol Rosa was uh, successful in a unanimous decision. 135er, dude. Look at them legs, oh jeez. Those legs. I put those legs though and I put it on my Instagram story. Yeah, so like I said, there's some fun fights. Congratulations to everyone who fought on that card, obviously. Um, like I said, for Peter Yeah winning a world title, Kamaru Usman defending his world title. Rose and Jessica Andrade put it on a absolute fight of the night. I mean, um, Jury Prochaksa knocking out Volkan Ostemir the way he knocked him out. Nearly killed a man there with that. I mean, Jorge Masvidal stepping up on short notice. Dude, there's a lot of shit happening, man. You know, it sucks that uh, they were really, really on an island. They weren't fighting in that uh, island. They didn't fight. I mean, they was on an island, but they didn't fight outdoors like we thought they were going to. Muslim Slok Sakilov split decision victory. Um, like I said, Rose Rose looked good. She looked amazing. Dude, I mean, Maquan Americani's a freaking anaconda choke. Oh, yeah, dude, I seen that one. That was fucking nasty. Dude. I didn't even, at first, I didn't even know the guy was out. Marcin Tibera gets the job done. Um, and then, like I said, you just go down the list. Everybody got their job done. Everybody that needed to, at least. But, yeah, great card overall. And, uh, you know, like I said, shout out to all the guys that are fighting during quarantine because it's a, it's a tough time. And, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, it's not easy to do that. And, you know, like I said, there's a lot of tough, really good fights. So it was, it was pretty fun. Like I said, I, I gotta watch the rest of those, uh, watch the rest of those fights a little bit later, because I was able to catch up with every single one of them, um, and, and, and move forward with that. I mean, <laughs> like I said, it's so funny though, you know, coming up on the next podcast, um, we're gonna talk about, uh, the upcoming, obviously, Cater versus Ige, I mean, I don't I mean, I mean, there's some good fights on that card, I'm pretty sure, man. Let, let me look, let me just look, but there's nothing that gets me absolutely, oh my god, like, oh, Ige fighting versus this guy, I mean, fuck. I mean, how about, let's just talk about something else real quick. How about Bisping versus Henderson 3? Michael Bisping taking on Dan Henderson 3. <laughs> Fucking Dan Henderson's funny as hell, dude. Alright, so Dan Henderson and sent a little jab at Michael Bisping on uh on Twitter and he tagged him, but here quote this is cool. Dan Henderson says, enjoying the fights as much as possible while having to listen to Bisping. Happy anniversary to the night that I put you to bed. Bisping responds Drinking again and relieving your old glory. All polite to my face and talk shit online. Didn't have you down as a keyboard warrior. And Dan Henderson says, Surprise you saw this. Guess you're not keeping your one eye on the fights as you're supposed to be commentating. No wonder why you're commentating is shit. Oh my god. Dad, Michael Bisping returns says, Hey loser, want me to lend you a few quid to help your failing gym open? Ha ha ha. I make more in a month talking in my underwear. What you do... What you do in it. I, I make more in a month talking in my underwear what you do in a year. Washed up old cunt. Truth hurts, doesn't it? Lousy steroid taking cunt. Fucking true boomer. How's being broke? Uh, <laughs> dude, this is so funny. Ooh, what a bl nasty black eye for Rose, though. Jeez. Masvidal got all cut up. Um, 
Dana White's a savage. Did you see what Dana White says about said about Paige Van Zandt? He said, "You talk all that stuff about not being paid enough, then got smoked in the first round of the fight." I like Paige, but she should test free agency. Jesus, that's funny. That's funny. But yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't say. You can't, uh. Alright, I'm, I'm looking at the posts right now as we speak. And it brought me back to the Holloway Volkanovsky fight. Okay, for, for, for you guys, for the people, this is at the people who are the type to go after a fighter after they won a fight that they shouldn't have won. Controversial fight. It happens all the time in the sport. Don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I can't sit here and pretend like it doesn't happen. But we can't do anything about the judging here. You can't. I mean, you, we, we, there's nothing we could do. We've seen our historic line of fights that were robberies. We've seen people get fucked all the time on these, on these judges' scorecards. That's why you never leave it in the hands of the judges. Not saying you can't control that. I mean, you can't control the fact that you go to the judges, but you can't be mad at another fighter. Don't harass or be disrespectful to a professional fighter when they're not the ones that judge the fight. It's not like, you know, let's, I mean, obviously understand once they win, they win. No, you can't d control. And the winner is, boom. You can't be like, oh, fuck you, bro. You didn't win that fight. You're a bitch. You're a pussy. You ran away the whole time. Or you didn't deserve that shit. People are going to find any reason to be mad. And that's the reason why a lot of people are mad in general in life, regardless of watching fights or not. And anyone that can find a reason to stay angry, dude, come on, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. But yeah, man, like I said, don't don't trash Volkanovski. Come on, man, guy fought his heart out. He, he hits like a truck, you know. He's a, he, he's like a, a a mini Chad. He's like a Australian Chad Mendez. Championship material. Beat Josie Aldo. Beat Max Holloway twice. I mean, he's the next thing. He's the next era. Of a featherweight champion. Oh, look at the best. Look at the all oh, the featherweight champions in UFC history. Oh, okay. Josie Aldo, Max Holloway, Volkanovski. He's a part of history. As is Kamara Usman. Both these guys are a part of history now. Forever, especially Kamara Usman. I mean, defeating who he's defeated in twelve, you know, twelve and zero and. and Championship fights up there with Anderson Silva, up there with GSP, devastating dominant uh, grappling on the side of tomorrow. Volkanovski is good in all areas. We've really seen a takedown too much, but you know, great combinations, explosive, very powerful, phenomenal fighter. Definitely deserves the respect. But like I said, yeah, just don't trash fighters that shouldn't, uh, th that, you know, obviously, like I said, when you can't control, you can't control the fucking judges and stuff, dude, the judges are some crazy-ass people, makes me wonder if there's gonna be these judges later on, um, like, in the week for the next fight, damn, it looks good, though, Peter Yan with the belt, that looks cool, you gotta be, a you can, there's a little part of me that's like, I wonder what Henry Cejudo was thinking. Like I said, uh, that's still one thing that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't sit, sit well with me. What I, and what I mean by that, I'm not going to be a selfish guy right now. I understand a lot of these fighters' perspectives when it comes to a lot of things and why they do certain things that they do. As in why Henry Suda said he retired, I'm like, come on. But there's a side of me that's like, come on, bro. Like, we want to see the rest. We want to see you dismantle these guys. You're you're the greatest, you know, combat athlete of all time. I mean, why don't you continue to prove it? I mean, we're starting to get used to some really fighting some real good guys, being the fuck out of some really good guys. So, I mean, it's kind of like as we start to get used to him being the shit out of these guys, you know, he retires. And, you know, the title is vacant. I didn't think they were gonna do it. I thought I thought it was just like a, a little like a, you know, 
a gesture kind of to get a little bit more money or something like that but you know, we, that that wasn't the case and uh, now we really have a different bantamweight champion you know, when and however when Henry returns dude I want to see Henry fight Volkanovski you know I know Volkanovski kind of put that to bed and he said that you now when Henry was the champion he considered it but now Henry talking about it when he's not even actually fighting you know that that, that, that doesn't help but I'd, I'd love to see that fight. I mean, I love those fights. And if you remember me saying this specific term here on the show, I call them freak show fights. I love those fun fights like that. Those fights are fun when you put people in there that necessarily aren't fighting in that division or anything like that. But, dude, just put them in there. I want to see Henry Suda versus Volkanovski next. I'm going to tweet that shit out here. Let me take a, let me take a drink. <sighs> Shit's good. Uh, all right, I'm posting this on my Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at GTheKingMMA. See Henry Cejudo fight Alexander. Just the styles, just the styles colliding. How do you spell colliding? Colliding. I can't use Siri because I'll cut the fucking broadcast off. So the style collision. That sounds better. Collision. Wait. Hey, autocorrect. You're supposed to have my back. Oh, there we go. I want to see Henry Sudo fight Alexander Volkanovsky next. No, why? Just the style collision. Just the legacy. Fantasy matchups. Probably won't get. Hashtag UFC 251. <sighs> there we go. Aljamain Sterling very respectful towards Peter Yan following his win over Alexander. This tweet it says, uh, "How good is Marty from Nebraska? Volume striker with power, dominating wrestler, endless gas tank. No one's beating that man. Maybe GSP could do it, but UFC won't allow that fight to happen." <laughs> Cody Garbrandt wants that uh, Peter Yan fight as well. He says, uh, "We have unfinished business. I'll break him in two rounds. KO him in third." I want to break his will. Algernon Sterling says, you can wait. Since Cody says, just a matter of time before that title is mine. Doesn't matter who owes ass have to beat to get it. Bantamweight is shaking up right now, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't fucking matter. Peter Yan winning the belt, that takes everything away. I mean, Henry Cejudo having the title... Bantamweight was still popping, and the same contenders were still there, popping, chopping at the heat to get it at the title. Congrats to Amanda Kivas, man. Damn. Yeah, that was a beautiful win. She's so fucking funny. Looks like an absolute killer. You look at her, like, just look at her in general. That 101 record that the UFC put on the broadcast. That was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Gotta follow that. 
was it was a pretty great card, man. Like I said, we got a lot. We had a lot to talk about. And um, other than that, what's next? What do we got here on the show? What's next? Is that it? I think we pretty much covered everything we need to cover today, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's all we. I think that's all we. Uh, yeah, like I said, I still have to I have to watch those fights later on today and stuff. So I have to, um, you know, get, get a brighter perspective and stuff on the next show and stuff. Maybe if we get like we get real lit, we get real like we can woke or something. We can really detailed talk about it and stuff. And. uh Watch Kelvin Gossam get that COVID test. Like, freaking, freaking stick that rod all the way to your nose. Jesus Christ, dude. But, um, yeah, like I said, everyone's talking about how close those fights were. So, everyone to sit back and rewatch that because, like, you can't really come up with a fight that wasn't that close. That was close to that. All right, guys, I think that's it. That's our show. Uh, <laughs> appreciate you guys for joining us here. On this episode of Kicking with the King, episode 275. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. G the King Official on Instagram. Um, G the King of May on Twitter. Enjoy my tweets. Enjoy all my everything that I do. Everything we do on there. Man, we retweet a lot of shit. Say a lot of shit to um, anchor.fm forward slash KWTK pod to directly visit the website and listen, li- uh, share, rate, review our show you know, live and free. Everything everything we put out there on that app is 100% free, as well as everything else that we, you know, the podcast in general. You can find our podcast everywhere. You get your shows, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and we're available everywhere you get your shows. You don't have to worry about having to pay or enjoying the content. It's 100% free and obviously easy to access. You can follow the link in my bio and everything else. We post a show everywhere we go and so forth, ladies and gentlemen. So, like I said, without further ado, appreciate you guys for tuning in, and I will see you guys back here within a matter of days. We got a lot to talk about. There's still so much things to come up. There's still fights to talk about. There's still a lot of different things to come up with, and um, a lot of different, uh, co- a lot of content still coming out later on, and, and so forth, ladies and gentlemen. So, without further ado, we'll see you back here next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bye, folks.